It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast with Steve Jackson and Mark Carpenter. Time for the drive, Brew Ha Ha, brought to you by Russian River Brewing and uh, the Beverage People, which is now called the Beverage People Fermenters Warehouse. Fermenters <laughs> Warehouse in uh, Santa Rosa on Piner. Uh, Herlinda's back. Uh, she's been in uh, all sorts of weird countries lately. <laughs> Some really great countries. You were um, in a couple countries, I think, that sounded like uh, they came from Marx Brothers. <laughs> I was in uh, Finland judging the Finnish national beer competition and also the national sati competition, which is a... Sati. Sati is the oldest beer style in the world still being brewed, and I was the first American to judge either competition, so that was kind of cool. And um, You were gone quite a while. I was gone uh, three weeks. I didn't want to come back. This is the first time I've actually viscerally not wanted to come back because I loved Finland so much and the people there and had was like at lake houses um, with the sati brewer that Tara's been to her house as well. And they, like, they go into the sauna. It's not, they say sauna. It's not sauna. They have a winter sauna and a summer sauna. Almost everybody, even apartments, has a sauna. And you jump into the lake, a cold lake, sauna, get roasting hot, jump in the lake, back and forth, back and forth. No, thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. It actually got rid of my jet lag pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. Cleanest country I've ever been to. They have uh, free health care for everyone. If you get a ticket, like a, like a speeding ticket, you get charged according to your income so that it's equitable and you don't get into this domino effect that people uh, here get into. That's well, brilliant. Yet car registrations are by income, not the cost of the car. Um, things like that. It was absolutely amazing. And the, the it has the cleanest water in the world. So the beers there, the lagers were so clean, so delicious and yummy. But of course, then there's also the Baltic porters, which I brought some as well. And then I spent a couple of days in Tallinn, Estonia, which is considered one of the most beautiful capitals in the world. Um, it is a medieval city from the 13th century, and it was absolutely also beautiful, cobblestoned. One of the brewers I had met in Lithuania came and picked uh, me and my friend Sati Kaisa up and took us all over the place. We got to see Soviet-era housing. So Estonia was so- got Soviet-owned after World War II, and Finland made a deal with Russia that, that that they would keep their independence. Um, so they originally were on the side first of Russia, then of Germany, and then back to Russia during World War II. It's a fascinating country, and I I couldn't have loved it more. I really – the clean air there, too. Mark Carpenter had mentioned yep. how much he enjoyed visiting Finland, but he did note that it was rather pricey to it, visit. It was expensive. Uh, it was kind of like me in San Francisco, though. In some ways, they they have a really heavy tax on alcohol there, so cocktails and things were expensive. But it wasn't any more expensive than if you got something in San Francisco. I mean, it was it was expensive for Sonoma County. However, their public transportation is numerous, efficient, immediately on time, over and over. There's just trams and buses, ferries, and cheap. So there's and also your health care is free. So all of those taxes on like alcohol go, go towards that public transportation and healthcare and stuff. But also, it's hard to get things. It's almost in the Arctic Circle. So I ate reindeer. I did. I ate a Shame lot. Shame on you. <laughs> Brutal. I'm so glad Lynette left before she heard that. <laughs> but it's, her, it's actually like they farm it and, you know, sustainably and everything up at Lapland, where Santa's from. 
and don't I hope there's no kids listening. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and Baltic herring and lots so lots of fish and it's not a hugely varied diet, but it's like really clean and lots of organic and um, I I can't even tell you like just like how wonderful everybody was there and they were really happy to have a Californian there. They thought that was pretty cool. So. I enjoyed that little bit of notoriety. Herlinda representing. <laughs> I was. Well, they're all coming here so during the winter. Cause, so they only have three hours of darkness in the summer. but then, And that's only for like three months. But the rest of the year, like seven months of the year, is only three months of sunlight. So um, they are in cold and darkness a big chunk of the year. So I said they could all come here for... For the winter and stay with you <laughs> they could all stay with me i'll find places for them well i'm sure we can we can figure it out <laughs> all right her linda is back with us also joining us and we haven't seen her in quite a while since certainly before the pandemic tara Nuren is here from forbes and she does a lot of other stuff good to see you hola hi how's it going you still living in jersey yeah man in camden and <laughs> Herlinda, we had a hysterical <laughs> not treat our dividers as badly as you are right now. Oh my goodness. What happened to these? You guys knew uh, while I was gone. Yeah, the caracal was trying to destroy stuff, but... Uh, Herlinda's actually doing it. Yeah. Hurricane Herlinda. <laughs> also joining us, Megan Anderson. Uh, she works in New Zealand, lives in my home state of Michigan. Uh, welcome, Megan. Great to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you guys, too. Thanks for having me today. Mike, uh, upper Mike... And Megan is with New Zealand Hops, which is very interesting because New Zealand Hops have like a really like special profile beer connoisseurs and brewers. They can they can sniff those things out um, pretty readily. Uh, the the beautiful hops, but it's a cooperative of a bunch of different growers under this one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealand Hops Limited, we're a, a cooperative of growers. We've been around, um, I mean, we've been growing hops in this region for 150 years, so we definitely weren't born, we definitely weren't born yesterday. Uh, there's 27 growers in total, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely full of history and putting out the, you know, what I would definitely consider the best hops in the world. Maybe a few you've heard of before, like Nelson Savin and Rewaka and a new one that we're pretty pumped about uh, is called Nectaron, which is why we're out here this week. So we've had some great meetings today and brought you guys some uh, wonderful beers to try from uh, Lagunitas that's got some of those hops in them. So I'll have to get, get those passed around. All right. And how much time do you spend in New Zealand? I mean, you live in Kalamazoo, <laughs> Michigan. It's a terrible question to ask because of COVID. I just started there in November, actually, so I've spent zero time in New Zealand. Oh. Oh. I've spent okay. a lot of Zoom time there okay. and uh, a lot of uh, time on WhatsApp. Um, but my growers are super engaged, and these guys are, you know, really committed. There's a bunch of fifth-generation growers with a sixth-generation walking with them in the field. So they're really passionate and committed guys and, and women, and we really enjoy uh, hearing from them. And they share a lot with us, you know. Like, we had a hailstorm hit us, and another big uh, one-in-50-year flood hit us uh, just a couple weeks ago. So some of the pictures I do receive are pretty stunning and uh, really amazing to see how these guys have adapted over the years and they're just quite innovative scrappy people and i just really enjoy working with them so don't be fooled by my midwest accent i'm not a kiwi definitely from here <laughs> you know i grew up in michigan and I, i've never gone with the midwest accent i've never believed it it doesn't no. exist right no yeah steve, this is how everybody should talk <laughs> steve's well, accent is 
from the kingdom of Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, we've got some really fun names for some of the NZ hops. Like, it's fun to try to teach brewers and other people how to pronounce some of the hops properly. Yeah, you're right. We we hear them all. I was one of those people always saying it incorrectly. One of my favorites to tell people uh, is called Mootery. And we have another hop, uh, Matueka, that is pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, we have a we have a lot of interesting hops. My my new favorite, of course, is Nectaron, which uh, doesn't sound like the names of any of our other hops, which are typically named after the growing regions, which are grown on the South Island of New Zealand near Nelson. Uh, but Nectaron is actually uh, named after a really fabulous gentleman named Dr. Ron Beetson. He spent um, 50 years breeding hops with the Plant and Food Research Center in New Zealand and recently retired. So this hop is a tribute to him. took um, over 12 years to develop. So Nectaron is quite an appropriate name, and it smells like pineapple juice. <laughs> and then really? our, our flagship hop is Nelson Sauvin, which people listening up here in what I consider the best wine region in the country, if not the world, um, can really relate to. Yes, I'll pass some samples of that around. I think it's worth smelling. It is called Nelson Sauvin, which is kind of odd uh, to be na- naming a hop after after wine, but I think you'll recognize the aroma um, when you get an opportunity. There's another hop coming behind it, which is the Nectaron samples. But yeah, Nelson Sauvin uh, was created out of this breeding program and released in 2000. It reminds me a lot of white wine, gooseberry, passion fruit, and it's a very, very distinctive hop. Um, most all of ours are. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't. We actually don't spray any uh, chemicals on any of our hop canopies. We're the only growing region in the world that doesn't have to do that. And these New Zealand hops are available all over the world for any brewmaster? Well, we're very we're very small, unfortunately, so it is limited. We only have uh, at, at our disposal about, uh, eight under, about 1,800 acres U.S., 775 hectares, which uh, is the size of most farms in Yakima. So, uh, no, quite small. We're under 1% of the total world's um, supply of hops, but they are considered very special and unique uh, because this growing region, uh, the soil there and the terroir, much like wine, we're getting very differentiated flavors uh, that, that are that are contributed. And they're a them. big island, so like they're able to protect, like by like they're protecting themselves from COVID, as you know. They have one case and they shut down the country. Yeah. But by being really careful about what agriculture and animals and things come into New Zealand as well, that keeps you from having to spray as much as well too and yeah. beneficial insects and all that we don't have powdery and downy mildew in new zealand which is the only growing region in the world that doesn't have it so if it got in that would be disastrous but of course because we don't we don't have to spray any fungicides on our hops we also by don't the way spray, yeah. uh, powdery and downy mildew playing this weekend <laughs> <laughs> they're playing tomorrow here in the studio okay yeah. that's a thing huh all right yeah uh, tara Nuren is back with us Megan Anderson, who works with the New Zealand and hop people. <laughs> and uh, Herlinda's back from three weeks in the, the country of Fredonia. <laughs> hail, hail Fredonia. Yeah, yeah. Finland and Estonia. I, um, I think that a lot of countries could learn a lot from Finland about their equity. They're super into equity. And theater also. You would love that, Harry. And um, they're... Uh, Every place we saw pride flags and um, also, of course, anybody ha- everybody has health care there. You can get some, you can pay for like other private health care as well, but you're not going to be, you know, in bankrupt because you've gotten ill there. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. But I also had really good beer. <laughs> so I brought some Baltic porters and I brought a sauna beer because there is such a thing and 
like that there's specific beers and things that you drink when you get out of the sauna or sometimes in the sauna and i thought that was a very civilized uh, custom there and um the sati that yeah. you were mentioning before which is one of the oldest alcoholic styles in europe um does is not brewed with hops there just oh, weren't right. hops used at that time commonly or really at all at that point in um northern europe so that um the bitterness more came from like the spruce and the fur right they're and using the, juniper and is juniper, the main yeah. thing for sati so i, so I judged this the sati competition there was 49 mm. satis that that you know um i got to judge it was very interesting and they were all fairly similar so it took a lot to get to where you even though different regions had different but like you you don't put hops in them you pour the 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 wort over juniper branches and the juniper there was very different than our juniper here it really like like you could take the berries off the plant and it tastes like gin which was really kind of fun but (laughs) (laughs) and then you're kind of gardening yeah and it's but the the sati is not carbonated either which it takes a like americans especially it takes a little of us getting used so i'm bringing some sati next week when mark's here because i was only able to bring one bottle and it goes bad quickly because it's not pasteurized and doesn't have hops it doesn't have hops (laughs) which helps preserve it but um I know Mark really wants to try it, so we'll have it with him next week. Turner, and what's new with you? Wow. <laughs> Drop it. I have um, my first official book event happening on Sunday in Sacramento at the Urban Roots Brewery. What's the book? It is called A Woman's Places in the Brew House, A Forgotten History of Alewives, Brewsters, Witches, and CEOs. Wow. And they're all going to be performing in the studio tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> let's hope not. Well, let's hope they're friends with us, actually. Yeah, so <laughs> The guys might have to worry, you guys. Right. <laughs> um, and we just had a meeting today with Natalie at Russian River to talk about the book event we're going to host there. In probably December, we're looking at a book signing and the whole bit. So Tara will be in the studio, of course, for that, um, to talk about that. And then we'll, prob- we'll do a few different book signings around the Bay Area as well too. and you're still writing for forbes yes beer Very and cool. spirits yeah. um as long as they continue to pay me at least a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep writing for that well <laughs> harry and i went through that they uh, stopped paying us we, we still show up every day <laughs> and they haven't been able to get rid of you yet <laughs> <laughs> i'm here for the beer and wine that's right you came to the right place oh speaking of this beer this is so lagunitas has literally bought into the new the New Zealand hops, and this has the Nectaron hops in it. So we sat down for a long time with Jeremy, the brewmaster from um, Lagunitas today, and I got to watch how him and one of his other brewers, Brian, taste and select and um, you know hops and the hop extracts, and you know you put them into like a really neutral base beer, and they were like. You know, then they got into science, and that was really interesting. Because Megan's uh, no dummy; she's actually put together like you've created like different like hop styles and different products with hops. Um, she's been doing this for a long time. She's a well, and Cicero. Megan, you should be honored that Erlinda didn't call you a dummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was in good company today for sure. I mean, it was amazing to sit around and the connections that you could tell were at that table and how everyone's experience comes together to, to deliver products like this one we showed them today. It's these little 
this hop oil can flavor a barrel of beer. I'm holding a very tiny bottle uh, in front of me right now. And these are the these are the types of things that are for the future that we're showing brewers. I mean, we're all about sustainability, you know. So we're looking at beers like this this example here, this beautiful beer, Lagunitas just put out Stereohopic IPA with with nectar on in it is a great example of kind of looking at the future. We're trying to reduce this footprint of vegetal material and water that we're shipping around the world and products like this. The, this is a partnership we have with a company in the UK called Totally Natural Solutions. So this hop is an oil. all natural hop oil mm-hmm. product that can be added to beer at the very end of the process with zero waste. It's kind of like the idea of like the Canacraft um, doing those the um, the extracts that they're doing for sure. like with the terpenes and stuff. Yeah. So I remember when Lagunitas did their hop water with the the cannabis like extract um, uh, type of thing in it that with they hi-fi, did with Canacraft yeah. with uh, the Hi-Fi. But then with hops, I mean, like, look at the shipping for that versus how many how many pounds of hops would it take to do a barrel of beer? Well, most guys are using four to six pounds of barrel, and then they're throwing away 30% of the beer. This has zero Ooh. waste. So, you know, a hop can soak up eight times its weight in liquid volume, and then you're dumping that down the drain. There's all the water footprint attached to that and, and everything else in the supply chain. So we're really interested in, in being able to offer more hops to people via more sustainable solutions. So it's real innovation, and it's flavor science, and it's the next it's the next genesis of what brewing is going to have to be, so we can, we can do our part and make a difference. Tara, the book uh, obviously as, as Linda said you'll be back to talk about that and you'll be doing some book signings in the Bay Area is I the book out it. and available now? Actually, it's <laughs> it's coming out September 21st, but Herlinda and I and Megan are expecting the first shipment to arrive to Herlinda's house, hopefully by tomorrow. I have not seen the book yet or held it, but I have seen a photo of somebody holding it, so <laughs> unless they, you know, touched a lot up, it does exist. So, um, and what's it called again? It's called... Um, Oh, oh, excuse me. I'm losing my balance. A, uh, a Woman's Place is in the Brew House, A Forgotten History of Alewives, Brewsters, Witches, and CEOs. Very cool. Harry? Thank you. I want to talk to Megan a little bit more about, about the hops. The first thing I noticed is when you brought them in, they're in these little cellophane packets, which is what I did not expect. And then when you poured them out into these little cups, they, they appear to be the same as like rabbit food. <laughs> Thanks for saying. Well, I was going to say the caracal cat probably <laughs> <laughs> would have loved these. It's like catnip. Perhaps a little bitter for his taste, but but who knows. But yeah, this is a traditional way that uh, brewers will take the flowers, will will grind them up, and we process them into these pellets, which will make it easier for brewers to essentially infuse these hop flavors into their, and it's called dry hopping. Yeah. So they're soaking these pellets in their beer to sort of Makes add sense. that aroma and flavor. Yep. Not very, not very sustainable, but delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and then that very tiny bottle of hop oil. Yes, here, let's see. Uh, it, it, it almost is, is like a prop from a Shakespeare play when when Top. the apothecary hands <laughs> Romeo the little little bit poison. Of poison. Um, but but this makes a whole lot more sense, as you said, as far as shipping yes. and packaging. Yes. And, and far more sustainable. Yes, and hops typically have to be shipped and stored frozen. So you can imagine the, the uh, footprint associated with that. These, these oils can be sh- uh, shipped at ambient and stored for a year at ambient temperatures. 
uh, and they're stable in, in, in that regard. So yeah, it's it's very exciting for us. It really is an opportunity for us to offer amazing hops at a global scale for the first time ever from these um, from these very special regions that were just really really not very accessible to people before. It was just too difficult to access. And I haven't them. thought about this too because the beverage people is our, one of our sponsors, right. and they do have home brewing equipment and they they sell the hops, they sell malt, um, of course stuff for you know wine, cheese, and everything else. Well, but this is very accessible to a home brewer who's yes. finally wanting to get to do use New Zealand hops because they're not cheap yes. and they're fantastic. Right. Well, like, we have to credit the homebrewers for everything cool that's ever come out anyway. I mean, Nelson Sauvin and, and these types of hops came through the homebrewing networks, ah. the craft brewers. You know, the, these guys made these types of hops popular and made gave the growers a reason to continue to plant more of them and seek these uh, breeding programs like we have with the Plant and Food Research Center in New Zealand to develop, you know, uh, white wine-like and tropical notes in these hops and spend many, many years uh, and lots of innovation and research tra- chasing these flavors. We owe that to the craft industry and the homebrewers. So I absolutely agree, and I do believe products like this will make a huge difference for them in the future. You can also try it as an aftershave. I hear the ladies really <laughs> like a little uh, Nelson Sauvin, you know, <laughs> put a little of that Nelson right there on the face. Suave. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's I'll a good beer. <laughs> that's something a good beer name. All right, actually. we got to check traffic. We'll be back and continue with uh, the drive brouhaha. You're in the middle of the drive's brouhaha with Herlinda and Harry. And her guests, our guests, I should say, today are Tara Noren, the beer and spirits contributor to Forbes, who's got a book coming out soon regarding the history of women in beer, and Megan Anderson with New Zealand Hops, who's giving us all the skinny on, what else, but New Zealand Hops. (laughs) Um, I've just received some breaking news uh, (laughs) that I can somehow relate to the beer business. Okay. Uh, we've been oh. informed by a non-interested party <laughs> that there is a comedy show at the Seismic Brewing Company oh, Tap Room nice. this evening. Uh, it's really? called Laughter Shock Comedy Night at the Tap Room. It kicks off at 8 p.m. tonight at the Seismic Brewing Company Tap Room in Sebastopol. For all sorts of information about that, just go check out the Seismic Brewing Com website, which can be found at Seismic Brewing Co. dot com. Are you happy, Steve? Are you happy now? <laughs> All right, back to our conversation here today. And um, the first thing I want to get to is get back to Megan here. I'm curious about your background. How does one end up representing New Zealand hops? Well, uh, pure luck. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really Hard in my I, yeah. There's a little there's a little work in there too. I am, I pinch myself every day because this is this is the dream job. This is the pinnacle. Uh, but I started uh, with a small brewery no one's probably ever heard of called Samuel Adams. And uh, <laughs> uh, you're right, I've never heard, <laughs> never heard of them. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's where the rubber met the road for me. I, I learned what craft beer was about from the best in the business, from from Jim Cook and the team, the brands that they built, and wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for the opportunities provided to me there. I spent about 10 years with that company, and uh, the last three, I ran beer education for the United States. So I got a lot of opportunity to uh, fly around the country and drink a lot of beer, which was cool, teach a lot of people um, you know, in preparation of things like the certified Cicerone exam, but I felt, had a real love for hops. And I, in the, when you get that far along, you got to pick you got to pick a lane to swim in. So I did something crazy, and I, I quit and left, and I moved out 
to Idaho to work out there in the hot business with um, a company that's called Mill 95, which was founded by uh, Jamie Scott, who's the great-granddaughter of the Albertsons family, a grocery store chain, actually. So wonderful person. They have a lot of nonprofit business, but they taught me a lot about hops. I got to know a lot about it from the growers in Idaho. Um, had, made a lot of friends, and in that, uh, met some people from New Zealand hops, and they followed me as I went on into some downstream and advanced hop products where I learned real the real um, science and technical components of hop oil at, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, at a company called Calsec, which uh, actually patented the first uh, the first light stable hop in the 1970s, and then from there, hop hop really uh, began to chase innovation and uh, it led me to a company called Totally Natural Solutions which is innovating these amazing all natural hop oils which as I mentioned earlier are really kind of the future I see in, in dry hopping so um, after I gathered that knowledge I got a call one day out of the blue from Craig Orr who's the CEO of New Zealand Hops Limited and he said um, I've got a job for you and uh, you got to take it so I didn't really feel like I had a choice but um, I really I really did uh, I do get to live my dream every day I'm representing uh, some of the most amazing hops in the world, some amazing innovative uh, growers, like I said, fifth generation with a sixth generation of children following them in the fields. Um, and even though I haven't been yet, um, we're having a lot of fun <laughs> growing our business here in the U.S. and, uh, and uh, bringing amazing hops to breweries like Lagunitas and, and uh, a lot of our friends. We spent some time at Anchor Brewing on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, we've just been having a lot we of fun. With they, them. they did yes. a collaboration beer uh, brewing with Anchor Brewing the other day, too. That's right. And Faction on the East Bay yeah, in Alameda. Right, right. So where did your original interest come? What took you to say Sam Adams at the mm-hmm. very beginning? Where, where does that that seed, if you will, of interest in the brewing industry come from? Well, that was actually also luck. I just happened to meet somebody who thought I'd be good at selling beer, and uh, I started in Fort Worth, Texas, going from bar to bar, carrying around so Sam Adams bo- bottles, <laughs> there you go, and uh, and picked it up. And then, actually, I got lucky, and my connection leads back to Sonoma. In 2010, I uh, started a homebrew club with like 10 other people, and it just so happened there was a, a, a man that joined there in the first meeting, and he uh, turned out to be Jack McAuliffe, who founded New Albion Brewing. In 1977, and uh, I connected in the town of Sonoma. In the town of Sonoma, and uh, had a pale ale, you know, brewed with American hops, and ended up connecting him with Boston Beer, and they re-released that beer in 2013. And it was through that process at Russian River at Brewing Russian Tap River, Room. Yes. On, I was there you on Fourth Street. Were Great. you there? Uh, no, oh. I so shockingly was not there for that. But I got to play a part in the redesign of that beer. We pulled the original yeast slant from the UC Davis East Library. I mean, wow. we were able to dig into the history archives, and, and uh, they were they were all about hops back then. That was the first American pale ale, and, and that led me to, to hop country. Well, and how nice of her to mention the name of one of our sponsors in her story, <laughs> the Russian River Brewing Beautiful. Company. Well, and also, real quickly, for people who don't know what the importance is of New Albion Brewing, it was the first new brewery in America after Prohibition. So Jack McAuliffe started that in the town of Sonoma, and a lot of... I mean, very few people know that. So Tara and I are working on some stuff with <laughs> the town of Sonoma on to to make that historical significance. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Russian River. Tell us about Russian River. Let's we, get the we plug were, in while we, were, we can. We were actually there today. We had a beautiful lunch. We had a nice meeting with Natalie. Tara's going to be signing her book there because Natalie is in that book. That's uh, right. Natalie Chalurzo, Vinny's wife. Uh, speaking of CEOs and and 
like badasses and Natalie right. is. Natalie so, runs the entire business. Yeah. Together. Yeah. And Vinny does the brewing, but like all the business yeah. stuff, she's in charge of it. She's so smart. And we ate a beautiful uh, lunch there today. Salad. Yes. Well, we had humongous. Salad. Humongous. With well, salami on them. And stuff. After you've had reindeer, you, know, <laughs> you, you want to go salami. back to salad. Did I tell you I already got a text with somebody, you ate, just now, like they heard me on the radio going, you ate a reindeer? No. <laughs> you had the Blitzen burger, I believe. Oh, uh, there's all kinds of stuff we could do with that. <laughs> yeah. And remember we saw. The Donner party. Right. <laughs> You and I spent a lot of time hanging out with Reindeer when we were in Stockholm together. Oh, yeah. And we took tons of video. um, And I I, don't remind me now. I have that image in my head and I ate one of them. Yeah, they were darling, sweetheart. They were tasty. They batted their eyes at you. You know, you bought it. Okay, back to beer, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Russian River. So we're there today. So we had a big, hearty lunch. So they are open for lunch again. Um, I don't remember the days right now. I'm pretty sure, though, that they are closed Monday and Tuesday. If I remember correctly, Natalie will send me a text. I'm sure to correct me. But. But, um, so we had big salads. We had malted bacon on the side to put on our salads. That was yummy. And we had some pliny fries. Yep, yep. On, we to had go on all the, fries. the sauces. We had um, and the, wings. the wings, which their wings are baked, not fried, which is really nice. And they're actually gluten-free as well. They're not done in like a flour. So that's kind of nice. Too. So there's all mm-hmm. kinds of options there. And what did you drink? I had my favorite beer, the Happy Hops. You had one of my other favorite beers, the Porter. The Porter, yep. Yep. And then we just, uh, we all had humongous salads full of salami eggs, cheese, salami, cheese, eggs. garbanzo beans with herbs. Yeah. So they still have their burger, their famous burger and their fish and chips. Uh, we, you're able to go outside with the beer and look at their beautiful view there. So um, that was really nice to see again. And I would, and they also are doing Christmas parties and events. So um, actually... I don't know that for sure if they're booking, if they are doing that this year or not with COVID, but I know that they do have an event space there. The uh, tasting room, right. Uh, no, and they have a upstairs. They actually oh, have another room. Okay. Too. And so um, before that, sorry, before that, but no. uh, like on a nice day, they have all those games that are outside too oh, yeah. that people were playing Cornhole. and kids and stuff. Beer drinking. Just to clarify, the uh, Windsor Brew Pub is open for indoor and patio dining Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> Friday and Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays till 10, Wednesday, Thursday, and, sun, uh, and Sunday through 9. Monday, Tuesday, beer garden only from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Ah. The pub and kitchen are not open on okay. those That's days. That's right. They aren't serving But you can quite. get yourself a beer. And, of course, the Santa Rosa Brew Pub is open daily, 11 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. With uh, drink and food, last call for food is 8.30 p.m. That's yep. making me hungry, honestly. Yep. <laughs> you can double-check all these hours at their website, RussianRiverBrewing.com. And they're still making some serious beers. The, these guys raided the bottle shop uh, to take things home. <laughs> what did you buy, Megan? Lots of Pliny going back to Michigan. <laughs> Speaking of beer, we are sampling a very different beer right now. Mm. It is, and she's taking more and leaving less for me. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Ulanot? It's Ulanot. Ulanot. It's uh, from Estonia. And I met uh, Ermas Roots, who was uh, one of the co-founders, uh, when I helped Lithuania with their first craft beer festival. And so when I knew I was going to Finland, and I wanted Tallinn was on my bucket list to go there, so I messaged him and made sure ahead of time. He actually came and picked my friend and I up and took us all over the place Took us to their brewery, gave us a bunch of beers, we did a bunch of tastings, took us to really old bars and, and like 800-year-old walls, there's bars built into there, and just uh, took us, like I said, showed us the Soviet-era 
um, you know, house that he grew up in, which was very interesting. So this is a birch saison, and it has a picture of three guys in the sauna. Uh, it's like we know here. Can we sauna. just call it sauna for I now? Can't. On. Nope, I, I can't. can't either. <laughs> I'm with sauna. sauna, sauna, and because they invented the word in Finland, and um, so, but you're in America now, uh, damn it. Let's say sauna. Yeah, then I'm not gonna. Then you can't have tacos anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh, a birch saison, so the birch tree, and then in the picture, one of the guys is smacking the other one with a bunch of a birch branch. With the leaves on it and everything. And that's what people do in the saunas. There's birch branches hanging, and you can beat yourselves or beat each other. Herlanda, you told me this was a family show. (laughs) I saw a lot. And you're naked. And you're naked in the sauna. I saw a lot of naked people in (laughs) Finland. Although this is Estonian, and so the sauna tradition is, of course, very popular in Estonia, which is right. uh, It's only a two-hour ferry ride from Helsinki to Tallinn. And you still have you have to sh- show proof that you're vaccinated and also a, uh, a COVID t- negative COVID test if you're not to get back and forth into the country. Um, Finland is probably the safest country in the world to be in right now. Uh, that New Zealand and so mm. that was like a lovely beer and it's really light. You can taste that birch earthiness in in it as well. A little bit of branch. It's only four point five percent alcohol. It's low in alcohol, Absolutely. so that you're not you don't like fall over when you come out of a you know scorching hot sauna. And so it's a sound of beer, so, yeah. What I like about the label on this beer, and I'm always talking about labels because I know pretty much nothing else, um, is there are, there are indicators as to yes. where it falls. There's a light to dark indicator. Mm-hmm. This is heavily to the light side mm-hmm. of the line. There's a sweet to bitter mm-hmm. indicator, and this is right in the middle right, of smack that. Smack in the middle. And then malty and hoppy, and it's closer to malty than it is to hoppy. Yeah. It's, isn't it's, that nice? You can look at a beer. You may know nothing about it, and believe me, I would have known nothing about a well, well, sauna beer. Well, you also, if you read the sides of it, it's in Estonian, but actually yeah. the, the indicators are in, in English. English. So yes. I'm actually helping connect them to one of my friends um, who's an importer in China right now because China really wants different kinds of beers and things. Actually, and actually comes to that as well. I'm actually very interested to hear about New Zealand hops with China because China's beer brewing business is going bonkers there right now too. Yes. Yeah, there's a ton of activity. We're seeing a lot of the large hop merchants have all, you know, open major operations in China. Even smaller craft merchants from the U.S. are setting up operations there. We do Mm -hmm. business uh, in 18 different countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, 80% of our business is export, so we're everywhere as well in that space. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually say that this is a really interesting thing to Mm -hmm. do right now because you've got a hoppy beer next to a sati, which is, you know, or uh, a saison. And so these beers that aren't didn't traditionally use hops so it's an excellent yep. way to go back and forth and see how hops really change the flavor profile of beer and then you can still have these sort of historical styles you can and there's to. more birch in this for the birch flavor than tasty. hops it, the flavor is mainly coming from the the birch tree you know, which has that beautiful white bark and everything i like to, i don't know how many pictures i took of birch trees but because if they were so snow white beautiful there though but if you can imagine like spending like you know 20 minutes in this super hot sauna and you come out and you jump into a freezing cold lake and then you grab this light crisp beer in between 
and then get back in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> you sweat it out, then you can drink yeah. it all over again. Yeah, they do that. They'll do like thir- like 13 times. Well, go back and forth. the important yeah. thing about that is that it's a low alcohol yes, beer. Exactly. You don't want to be drinking a 7, 8, <laughs> yeah. 9% yeah, no. ABV and hitting the sauna. Then Some sautés definitely are that high. And, mm-hmm. and back in the day when the sautés were made for festivals mm-hmm. and parties and celebrations and, and morning and weddings and tributes, and, yep. um, they would jack the 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 alcohol level up but um yeah satis tend, do tend to be higher and yeah i'm sure you drank some of those coming out of the sauna also they so the ladies <laughs> house i stayed at at the lake in um um finland about half an hour bus ride outside of uh helsinki so i spent a lot of time in the finnish countryside as well um she is known as sati kaisa she is one one of only two women who have won the national sati mm. championship for making this beer, and she makes it at home, and she actually made a salmon soup in the, the her kettle also, like one day, <laughs> like while I was there, but uh, for for a big crowd. But so yeah, so she did the thir- third or fourth. Actually, I've got after I got done judging the national championship, uh, I went to her house, and she was having a sati sauna party, so a sati pati oh. is what they <laughs> they were called it. Yeah, wrapping up this Thursday's bruja. Brought to you by the folks at the Russian River Brewery and the Beverage People Fermenters Warehouse. Herlinda, quick shout out to the folks at Beverage People Fermenters Warehouse. Well, they are amazing, and they weathered the pandemic pretty well, including keeping people busy during the pandemic, too, with home brewing and making cheese and making wine and cider, um, mead. You know, there's so many things that you can learn how to make there. They have all the books. They have the hops. They, you know, speaking of hops in all different kinds of forms and malts and things like that. And the baskets we're making, like homemade ricotta at home as well. But they are transitioning a little bit there. They're still on Pioneer Road. But, um, of course, they had to close to people coming into the store retail during the pandemic. And it actually worked out pretty well. But they were getting people ordering online. So they've really transitioned to that. You can go to their website, um, Beverage People Fermenters Warehouse, beveragepeople.com. The Beverage People. The Beverage People.com. Thank you. Yeah. See, this is why we ha- we have a team here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, or you can get you can still make a phone call and talk to a human and get advice, whether it's for brewing or making wine. Or, um, do you know? Do I want you know? What kind of home brewing kit should I get? Things like that as well. So um, it is nice to have a human touch, and they've been around since the eighties. Byron Birch actually started the beverage people. And Tara, you know about Byron Birch as well. Do you want to say anything about him? He's like, he wrote the book on homebrewing. Well, he was definitely homebrewing before it was legal. Thank (laughs) goodness. Because if he wasn't, if he weren't, then a lot of these craft breweries we love to visit around here and everywhere else wouldn't exist. Um, And he worked a lot, if I am remembering correctly, with Ken Grossman at Sierra. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right, so once again, the website, thebeveragepeople.com. All your beverage and fermenting needs, the Beverage People Fermenters Warehouse. All right, we are sampling one more of your foreign beers, Herlinda. What do we got here? This one's from Finland. It's from um, Oladen Panimo. So Panimo means brewery in Finnish, and this has black currants and red currants. I have to tell you, they eat a lot of berries there, and sea buckthorn, and all the trees are full of berries. There's berries, lingonberries, everything, everywhere. And of course, I had my reindeer with lingonberry. You had had to do that. So this is bright pink, naturally pink. No beer should be this color, but, but it's from it's from the berries. It's, it's a pink beer. Yeah, and I think so. I have to tell you also that 
I've never seen the most beautiful, the most beautiful skin I've ever seen was in Finland. And I know that's because of the sauna and the cold water, but also I think all the berries that they eat so much vitamin C and then they eat a lot of fatty fish, of course, too. So this is a Berliner Weiss. Um, it is slightly sour. Um, I don't know how else you would describe this. It's fruity, you but definitely not get the sweet. fruit. Yeah, a, a slightly sour, fruity, and again, if the name is Nasty Granny. Yes, uh, it's four point one percent. Another low alcohol. Is that is that level of alcohol prevalent in these types of beers? Well, they get so they get taxed in Finland for anything over five percent, I believe, and they get taxed a lot more heavily for anything over five percent. You'll see you'll see lower alcohol, but sati is. Home brewed, so there's not a tax on that. That's why that can go up to like uh, even twelve percent. Yeah. So the ones who like are willing to like you know a Baltic porter or something that is naturally going to be you know can be kind of heady um, alcohol wise. You know they're they're they have to pay the price on that. So like you can imagine that spirits are really expensive there as well. But Terry, you know a little bit more with the Berliner Weiss um, uh, history on this as well, although. You were saying that kid. This is made for kids. Well, the the types of these beers were traditionally they were brewed and they were filtered through like a straw bed, and then they would just mm-hmm. kind of ferment naturally, very low alcohol. That's where the tartness came from before they really knew about yeast. And then they would put things like woodruff syrup in them yes. or other sweet syrups, and they would serve them often to children or older <laughs> people, or as an option for uh, switching back and forth between regular beer and low alcohol. Hey, beer. and it was because it, it's nighttime twenty. 20- Two hours of the day there, right? <laughs> what else All right, we are out of time. I want to thank our guest, Tara Nuren, a writer for Forbes, the beer and spirits writer. She'll be back to talk about her book, yep. which is coming out soon. And Megan Anderson from New Zealand Hops. Thank you so much for joining us. How did they find out more about New Zealand Hops? Uh, yeah, uh, nzhops.co.nz or online at Insta or Facebook at, at nzhopsltd. Thanks.